Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Hey, Julie, it's September 10th. Yes, indeed, and we are on round two of the afternoon caffeine, so should be a good show. <laughs> That's right. I don't even know how many milligrams of caffeine we take in per day, but That's I'm not going to start adding it up. Mm-mm. Well, hey, congratulations. We're five days from being married 29 years. I know. Congratulations. Isn't that, it's kind of awesome. nuts. Don't you think it's nuts? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I had, uh, let's see, a coaching client this morning tell me that She's celebrating their 20th, I believe, uh, this weekend, and she too got married when she was 20, and then that caused me to do the math. I'm like, I'm really that much older than her? <laughs> yeah, you remember when you and I yeah. were always the youngest people in the I room? Know, I know, I know. Mean, we, we're Howard, starting to outgrow that. <laughs> Howard, right. At Howard Britton, you know, when know. Howard, you were Howard, and I were Howard stars in the 90s, people would be like, how are they old enough to have ever sold any houses, you know? I do remember and, that. And people would always, like, the leading, you know, thing that they had always attached to us was our youthfulness, which is because we were. <laughs> True. And yes. because we looked like kids when we weren't necessarily children anymore. That's right. Yeah. You especially. Yeah, that is true. Me especially. But here's the funny part of all of it. Now, it's very rare that we're not one of the older people in the room. And I kind of like it. That's true. Yeah, I do. So listen, guys, we have so much to celebrate that's going on in the industry right now. I hope you're really paying attention to the things that we're passing along to all of you. And if you needed a little bit more amperage in your enthusiasm, try this one on for size. Mortgage interest rates, 30-year fixed rate mortgages now are well below 3%. And it appears, based on what the Fed says, that they're going to keep mortgage interest rates low for at least the next five years. And here's the thing that that creates is just an overabundance of opportunity. Um, and, and just every way possible, it, there's no argument against buying a property in a market like this. If you qualify for with interest, you know, you know, doesn't matter seller's market, who cares? Because at the end of the day, even if you're overpaying slightly based on, you know, just historical trends, it doesn't matter if you're getting the money to buy to borrow the house at such a ridiculously low rate. And here's the reason why, ultimately, assuming all the economists out there are right, that we're going to be experiencing some inflation and housing and other asset prices in the foreseeable future, you're going to look at the house that someone buys that maybe they're a little sketchy about because they think they're overpaying, but because their interest rate is like 2.86% or 2.7% or whatever, and but the house appreciates or inflates by more than that, they're looking at basically free money on that house. So it's kind of a bizarre time, and frankly, in real estate, because the purchase price matters almost less than the money, the cost of the money, assuming one is borrowing, which does even add even more confusion to the whole thing. Julie and I have been long term, essentially for literally for decades, believers in basically carrying no debt and paying off mortgages and doing the whole thing. But I have to say, um, you know, we even talk about that in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. You know, because guess what? If you have lower, if your overhead is low and you have, um, you know, all your stuff paid for, you really don't, the financial burdens that people will experience when the market changes aren't really your problem. Well, so that sounds like it's a good found, uh, sound footing for our theory on paying your debt off, you know, the Dave Ramsey approach mm-hmm. to life. But if you can borrow money at that low of a rate, where the payment on a nice house is going to be less than what an equivalent rent would be, you'd be crazy to pay cash for it. 
you know, which flies in the face of our conservative nature when it comes to finances. But I there know. you go. But you would also be crazy not to be having these conversations with your entire database. And you should, I mean, honestly, you should feel horrible if you're not telling all the people you know about this. That's right. You're not doing your job. Your job is to be a real estate professional that knows about this kind of thing. And many of you search for, you know, use the excuse, well, I don't know what to say if I'm calling a past client. We just told you. Talk about this. There are so many people motivated to do things now because of this. People who otherwise would not have bought first and sold second absolutely can swing it now when the the payment is so low. Well, you figured out a payment based on a half million dollar house, 20% down with taxes and PMI was still less than three grand a month. I mean, you guys need to be talking about that. Use the examples and show them, you know, the math. I, it's kind of inarguable. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. I was just wondering if you know how to turn off an iWatch by just figuring it out. <laughs> well, Start so, messing with buttons until it oh, works. You know what? I, I, look, I love Apple products across the board, but I look at that iWatch sitting at my desk every day, and I realize that, me to put mine that I just had to knock about. Yeah, exactly. We're not wearing them. So I think maybe we're just old enough that the iWatch idea isn't something we're really going to be able to adapt to. <laughs> I don't get it since everything's on your phone anyway. But look, so look, guys. Bottom line is this is the time of year where it's hardest for most people to have real good motivation because there's so many sort of, I guess, socialized headwinds, especially in an election year. You have holidays, you have natural, you know, not wanting to work as hard when the weather starts to change. Physiological things start to happen when, you know, Julie and I sold real estate in Ohio. And trust me when I tell you, it's very difficult to be motivated when the skies are gray and the snow is falling and, you know, basically. It gets dark earlier. (laughs) That's right. It gets dark at like 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Well, that might not be true, but you guys get the the, uh, the idea. Well, so that is going to be something everyone, even if you're in Southern California or down here in Puerto Rico or Florida, everything changes this time of year. And it does sort of push back emotionally on your enthusiasm and your energy. And if you feed into that, or if you're not consciously aware that you might be losing some momentum this time of year, you pay the price dearly in the spring of the following year. So now more than ever, you need to be pushing hard and you need to be focused on what your beginning of the year is going to be. And that's the reason we, a beginning of next year, right? That's the reason we've been focused so much on motivating you this week and then hopefully educating you and getting you guys into action. So along those lines, Julie, we have a couple points that we want to finish up for these guys. Yes. So if you missed the previous ones, get caught up on our podcast because this is the continuation oh, commercial commercial yes. break oh Go ahead. i i was actually i meant to um, uh, mention this yesterday so we have officially launched our national real estate team it's something that julie and i've always wanted to do and because with our affiliation with exp realty and exp is licensed in all 50 states they're licensed in canada they're licensed in uh, you know, Portugal, France, I mean, all over the world now, India. Well, guess what? We can start a national team first, and then we're going to start an international team. And we'd like you guys to consider joining our international real estate team. This is not a coaching program. This is a real estate team. It's something we've wanted to start again. But like I said, unless we, you know, because of EXP, we can actually do, the, do it at the scale that we wanted to do it. So if you guys would like to join our national real estate sales team, and it's just like it sounds. You And this is where you will be and we'll help you sell houses, take listings directly as being part of our real estate team. And we're only going to announce this now and then because we're not looking for that many people, frankly. Text the word TEAM, T-E-A-M, text the word TEAM to 31996. So go ahead and text the word TEAM 
to 31996 and then we'll text you back a link and you can go to the website and read about the information about the team and then fill out the application and then we'll follow up with you. So go ahead and text the word team to 31996. We won't be talking about this, um, the national team that often because like I said, we're just looking for a few good men and women and we're, we don't want to oversaturate it. We know we have a lot of listeners on the coast, a lot of listeners in Texas and things like that and we don't want to have dozens of agents in those markets. We want to keep it so everyone has, frankly, everyone has an opportunity to get as much benefit as being a part of our team as possible. So do text the word team to 31996. Yes, so point number eight, know that everything takes longer than you think it should. Some of you are very clear on this. Others of you have not yet embraced it. Momentum takes longer the larger the goal and the consistency of the effort applied. So in order to get to momentum, you have to first make it through the first two stages of mastery. The first one is formulation, getting ready to get started. Some of you love that and you ruminate in it day in and day out, but you don't get to the second part because the second part's harder. It's called concentration. That's where you go through the learning stages. Work, work, work. Where are all of my leads? Work, work, work. I've got leads, but where are my appointments? Work, work, work. I'm going on appointments, but I'm not taking them. This is where you have to actually do the work because without this stage, you'll never make it to momentum. The reason you guys fall prey to the easy button and all the things lurking in your email and voicemail and text with people trying to sell you crap is because they know this about you. They know that you like to avoid the real work of real estate and you would rather give them a credit card than actually learn something that will continuously feed you no matter what market, no matter what type of market, price range, neighborhood, state you live in. This is giving you wings. That will not. But you cannot skip concentration. People try it all the time. I just want to get into momentum. It is interesting, Julie, that people would rather risk money, waste money knowingly than they would risk their ego. Isn't that Mm -hmm. fascinating? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's really what's at risk with when you do business the right way is your ego. Because your ego is going to have to be uncomfortable. Your ego is going to have to be willing to do what it doesn't want to do and it doesn't want to do at the highest level. And I get it. If you're not very good at sifting and sorting um, your inputs of information, if you're listening and reading to all the yahoos out there that are trying to sell you easy button ideas, you're going to think that that's the way you're supposed to be doing things. But it's not. They're just trying to separate you from your money to sell you something that they know you're going to find appealing because it feeds into your desire to never do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Sometimes you guys are confused about that because you've only been in real estate long enough to, you know, essentially to think that it's normal to buy leads. It's abnormal to buy leads. Well, it's normal to buy leads if you don't plan on being in business for very long or you don't plan on actually having a profit-based business, then it's normal. You can buy leads until the cows come home. But guys, at the end of the day, if you want an everlasting, essentially a you know a real estate practice that produces consistent profit, and with that profit you can reinvest it into assets that will produce uh, you know wealth for you, and you know basically your goal should be rich, and that's where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. Isn't that nice? And you could all accomplish it in this lifetime. Well, how about this, guys? It's going to have to start with the idea that buying leads is goofy. You have to earn your business and you have to do things that make you uncomfortable. So the litmus test or the filter you should be running everything through when you're thinking about buying something is are you buying this because it's going to uh, basically solve a problem that you know should be solved through doing real work. In other words, are they trying to solve a problem, usually lead generation, have you noticed that, um, that's supposed to replace doing the real work? Is buying the lead or buying the leads from this particular source supposed to be a an avoidance of doing the real work, which in our case would be learning how to actually be a proactive lead generator? 
Yeah, and you guys, you know, there's so many different levels that you uh, are tempted by on this. When you say, well, maybe I'll just have a VA do my lead follow-up, or maybe they can prospect for me. That's still avoiding the real work. And you know what's worse, Tim, with the whole buying leads thing? I've seen agents that, because they don't know that there's another way, and because the quality of and quantity of the leads are so crappy, and they're not even your leads, everybody's got the same leads, they actually start to believe that real estate is harder than it is. That's right. Because they've had to talk to so many people and get so much rejection from that and have it not work out. Because the quality of the leads, you're oftentimes not talking to people ready to do anything right away. So you throw them in your drip system and pray to the real estate gods. And because that doesn't work, you convince Either. yourself. Right. Dripping does not work. That's gross. Work. People don't disgusting. like. Do you want to be dripped on, folks? No, definitely not. <laughs> this is why we have masks now. So, but because that stuff doesn't work, at least not consistently Ew. or predictably or dupli- duplicatably, right. they convince themselves that this is how real estate is and it's just going to suck for them and it's too hard. And, you know, people are mean. No, it's because, yes, some people are mean. But most of the time, it's because you're talking with people who aren't actually ready to do anything. And then you throw them into your system. I talked to somebody today that's that was basically given a supposed collection of leads. 2,600, okay? Who should ever have that many leads? That's insanity. And you know what? Most of them didn't even have a phone number. They were just thrown into this drip system. Of course. I mean, you know. That's pretty scary. But see how you guys are actually being taught to believe that you don't have to do the real work of real estate? Do you see how people are telling you that you never have to learn how to basically be a proactive lead generator? You never actually have to learn how to pre-qualify or present? They're... You guys are believing a lie, but here's the deal. You know you're believing a lie, and your ego is saying, oh, yeah, let's believe that lie, because then I, you know, this is your ego, right? Your ego sounds like this, in case you didn't know it. <laughs> I never have to be uncomfortable. I never have to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it. I never have to pick up the phone. I never have to deal with rejection. I never have to learn how to compete. I never have to learn how to be a professional. I never have to be in a, a situation where someone makes me uncomfortable, Right. Isn't that what your ego wants you to believe? And guess what? All the fairy tales that are out there, people trying to sell you stuff, they want you to believe that because guess what? They got stuff to sell. This is the bottom line. This is the discernible difference, the biggest discernible difference between what Julie and I do and what everyone else does. And I hope you guys are not being offended by us being this direct with you because it's incredibly important during fourth quarter rolling into next year that you don't waste your time and you frankly don't waste your money on silliness. That's right. So point number nine, stop looking for reasons to be complacent. Know that you are not too old, too fat, too thin, too young, too connected, too unconnected, educated, overeducated, undereducated, fill in the blank. Stop looking for those reasons to be complacent. That's just more ego stuff. Okay. So Julie has to take actually go uh, deal with something right now, and I'm going to finish up. So along those lines, guys, here's what I want you to consider. I'll tell you what she's doing. You guys will appreciate this. So we are podcasting in our home office here in Puerto Rico. And in the home, or not in the home office, but in the foyer, I don't know how else to describe it. There's this uh, big um, skylight. It's a series of skylights, but again, I don't really know how to describe it. But this is Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, there's occasionally hurricanes. And so these skylights are these rather large, I bet you they're maybe three by five um, portions of rectangle-shaped glass, and there's eight of them together. Well, two of them have huge cracks in them from, guess what? Maria, the hurricane. Because what happens during hurricanes, guess, pineapples become projectiles and they knock out windows. So when we bought this place, 
these two uh, st- uh, skylight glasses uh, had, you know, these panes basically had these cracks in them, but they weren't leaking or anything. Well, you know, turns out that uh, weather or stormproof glass is something like a, an inch or three quarters of an inch thick, and it's unbelievably expensive. <laughs> we had no idea. So anyway, they're coming out right now to measure for uh, replacement of said panes for fear that there might be another hurricane, which inevitably there will be because we live in hur- uh, Hurricane Alley down here in Puerto Rico. And in that case, then obviously another pineapple hitting in the inopportune spot, we could then be dealing with an internal rainstorm, which we don't want to have. So such is the way living in paradise, I guess. So guys, look, Here's the bottom line with regards to what we're trying to teach you in, um, as far as you know, motivation and whatnot. True motivation doesn't come from you waiting to feel inspired because you have a certain feeling, right? The epiphany that all of us, you know, how often do you actually have that aha moment or the epiphany? It happens incredibly rare. And the other thing is, is like so many of you won't take action until you feel a certain level of being inspired. You wait for external motivation. Everyone loves somebody that can motivate them. You know, you guys accuse us of being motivational, which I appreciate. But we don't try to motivate you. We try to get you into action because we know ultimately that where you're going to get the motivation isn't from, like you're going to get a little caffeine shot from Julie and I of motivation. But that's not really what you need. What you need is you need the motivation that comes from long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Now, Julie was giving you guys the example of getting ready to get started and actually not following through or not staying the course long enough. Everything worth having in life takes a lot longer than you think it should. Anyone who's been on this planet for more than you know two seconds knows that is absolutely true, right? Wouldn't it be great if that wasn't true? But it's definitely true. So here's the thought for you. I want you guys, it's an analogy, a story, if you will. I want you to picture a plane and you're the pilot of said plane. And the plane is, you know, it's a, it's a it's 767 or something. And your job, obviously, is the pilot. You, you're the pilot, not the co-pilot. But you, you, as a pilot, still have to make sure everyone's doing their job. The co-pilot is doing his job. Luggage getting loaded. The, you know, food is getting loaded. The, pilot, the passengers are all, you know, secure. The whole thing, right? That's your job. So it takes a while to get the plane in gear. You know, turning around a plane, getting everything clean and loaded and getting all the mechanics up to snuff and, you know, everything's there. You're, a lot of getting ready to get started. That's what basically happens between flights. Getting ready to get started, not to mention all the time that it took for you to even learn how to fly the plane, which could last a decade. So there's a lot of getting ready to get started that leads up to the, absol- the you know, your ability to take that plane up in the air and reach cruising altitude. But here's what many of you do. You will load the plane, you'll load the fuel, you'll de-ice the plane if you're from Ohio like Julie and I. You'll do all the things necessary to get that passenger plane up in the air. And then you'll start hitting the runway. You'll go to the runway, everything's good, you, you're clear to take off. And I want you to imagine you're sitting on in the pilot's seat. You're, you're looking at all your gauges, everything looks great. You've made all the right moves, you're on the runway, you're picking up speed, you're picking up momentum. The plane is starting to shake, rumble, and roll. You guys have all experienced that before. So then what happens is that that's where most of you guys are. Many of you take a long time to even load the plane, even to the point where you can taxi to the runway. Sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's years. You know who I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Once the plane is on the runway, then what happens? You then said, okay, now I'm actually going to take off. I'm done getting ready to get started. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to throttle down. I'm actually not sure if you push the throttle forward or back in a plane. Whichever 
whatever direction, I'm actually going to increase the energy necessary to get this massive plane off the ground. And then that's what you do. A lot of you hit the runway. This is where most of you guys get in, in when you're trying to build momentum, especially in real estate. You get to the point where you're on the runway, where you've made the initial moves. Now, some of you, I get it, never even get to taxing, but let's just assume you know you have, you're taxing. Now you're throttling down or throttling up and you're headed toward on the runway. You're trying to get the front nose gear off the ground and you're trying to get the plane to gather altitude so you can get up to cruising uh, speed. Now, here's what you do. Many of you, you'll be cruising along the, uh, you know, in the jet, the jet's getting ready to take off, front landing gear starts to, you know, pick up, then all of a sudden the back landing gear starts to pick up, and then what do you guys do? You say, you know what, this was too much work, this is taking longer than I thought it would, forget this, this isn't going to work for me, I'm going to go do something easier, boom, take the throttle off, plane comes, you know, rushing back to the earth, nobody's hurt, no worries here, and, but boom, it bounces on the runway, and here it is, the plane almost took off, but you quit before it actually started gaining any real meaningful momentum. Isn't that happening a lot of times in your lives with virtually everything? Everything from losing weight to gaining weight to saving money to paying off debt to forming meaningful relationships with the people you want to have meaningful relationships with. Learning skills. Hey, how about that? To be a masterful real estate agent. Doing all the things necessary. You guys, many of you get to that point where you're about to start reaching altitude. You're about to start gaining momentum to actually get to where you want to go. And then you basically back off. How often has that happened in your lives? I know the answer from Coach agent for the last 20 years. It happens all the time. Now, Julia's back. Welcome back. Yes, totally I, early anyway. I told them that you were uh, having the window measured because of the uh, pineapple express that occasionally blows by our house. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. So then what happens? Let's say, for example, the, the plane, you take the throttle off, you give up, you say, you, then what you have to do, you have to taxi back to where you started. And then everyone wants the hell off your plane because they realize you're not a very good pilot. You then basically are getting ready to get started all over again. And then many of you guys do that over and over and over again. You're getting ready to get started. You're all enthusiastic, motivated. Somebody's juiced you up. You're ready to go. And then all of a sudden you make all the right moves. You, you're telling the world you're going to do it. And boom, you don't do it because you give up too soon. Now, some of you will actually give up at a different point, you'll actually be in the jet. You won't give up. You'll actually keep the throttle down. You'll start to reach cruising altitude. You'll get to the point where your passengers are looking out the window and you know everything on the earth looks like a million miles away. You're at maybe, what, seven, eight, maybe 10,000 feet. You're not quite cruising altitude. This is a long distance flight you're, you're piloting here. And then what happens? Oh, you're, you as a pilot, you know what? I just don't know. I think I'd rather drive. And this then you is too hard. It's too hard. It's <laughs> taking too long. And then you give up again. And then you're back to where you started again. And you're back basically on the runway taxing back to where you started again and again and again mm-hmm. and again. Had you stayed the course, had you continued with the throttle, had you continued to put effort in, had you continued to expend energy, you would have reached cruising altitude. And at cruising altitude, which is depending on how long the flight's going, could be you know 20,000 feet, 18,000 feet, 30,000 feet. At cruising altitude, non, this is actually an interesting fact, it's easier, the plane uses less fuel at cruising altitude, there's less turbulence in the air, the air is actually allowing the plane, depending on what distance the, you know, uh, the jet, uh, jet stream is going, you can actually pick up momentum when you're at cruising altitude. You can the pilot then pulls back on the throttle at cruising altitude, and everything gets easier. The plane makes less noise. Passengers can you know relax a little bit. They start serving drinks. You know what freaks me out? 
What? When when the pilots come out to use the bathroom. Right, exactly. <laughs> they close but, the door and the plane's still flying because it's on autopilot. But that's right. That's cruising altitude. Cruising altitude is where the pilot can come out and have a pee, have a cup of coffee, right? Yep. And, you know, talk with the waitress or talk with the waitresses. Talk with the steward and stewardesses a little bit. And strangely, the passengers are okay with us. Yeah, we're like, okay, this is good. We're cruising altitude. The racking and the rolling, you know, is a little bit, a little choppy. We're above the turbulence. Things are happening. We're getting to where we're going. And you can stay at cruising altitude, guess what, guys, for years. And cruising altitude is perfect. Cruising altitude is where you got your skill set locked in, where you know what you're supposed to do. You're following a schedule. You're disciplined. You're a professional. You're not relying on luck, frankly, for your success. You're not buying leads. You are locked in and you are going somewhere. That's and, momentum. And that's momentum. And here's the cool thing. You might get to the point where you're ready to go to the next level financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, all those things. And now going back to the plane analogy, you want to go to the next level, that's fine. You go back and you apply a little bit more fuel, you then, you know, throttle up or throttle down again, you go to the next height, the next elevation. And you can do that in real estate. You can do that by, for example, maybe you determine because you complete your real estate treasure map, which is one of the first things we teach you to do in our coaching program. Your real estate treasure map, in essence, is, it determines how many listings you need at all times to meet or exceed all your financial expectations. It might be five listings, it might be 10 listings, it might be 20 listings. Notice I did not say branding, buying leads, teams, logos, websites, it's listings, number of listings that you need at all times. That's where you get cons- consistent cash flow. So once you determine what your number is, and you can do that by completing the real estate treasure map, then you, if for example, the, re- the real estate treasure map, you, knew, you know you need, say for example, five listings at all times, you have a nice sale price, you know approximately because you've done the math because we've shown you how to do it, you're going to have three sell per month, your average commission is say $15,000, you're making $45,000 a month, $45,000 a month basically meets and exceeds all your, you're paying your taxes, you're paying your overhead and your saving, right? That's a for example. Now let's say, you want to move to a bigger house or you want to buy another house or a boat or you maybe want to buy your own damn plane. Mm-hmm. All you've got to do is recalculate the magic number of listings you need at all times and then you just increase the effort into the point where you're consistently handling and holding that number of listings that meet exceeds your financial expectations. You do this, guys, and then you can control the speed in which you uh, essentially climb to the next altitude, and you can control virtually every aspect of your life, certainly financially. And I've got news for you. If you're controlling your financial life, every aspect of your life, in addition to that, is also magically in control. When you got control of your money, you'll be shocked how much easier it is to have great relationships because there's no financial stress to have essentially great health because you have time to exercise. You know, all these fallacies that some of you guys have been led to believe that things you have to supposedly sacrifice to have financial success, those are straight up lies. You literally can have better health and better relationships. And it starts with not having to worry about money anymore. How much of your stress that seats out of your pores is related to the fact that you have to hustle for cash. Get to the point where your business is a real business and you're going to find you're going to reach that different level of existence. That is the real estate magic number. And that is what we want all of you guys to experience. Well, that's freedom. And that freedom only comes from that ability to control it. I love that you, you, you know, did the full story of getting to the control area of this because so many agents feel so out of control all the time and they blame the business right. you know it's, it's not the business the industry the industry oh you know real estate is just like that and you're told that by some people 
you know, some some of your colleagues that are, you know, 10, 20 years down the pipe from you, oh, that's just how real estate is. You just have to learn to accept it. No, they've learned to accept it. You don't have to because you can get into that control. You can get to that cruising altitude. And if you want to go to that next level, you do exactly what the pilots do. You fuel it up with more fuel. You pack it up with more food. You staff it up with more people if you have to. And then you have that control. And you can decide, you know, maybe you don't have to do 50 deals a year. Maybe you're completely happy at 20 deals a year, but you have the option to make those decisions. Whereas and when you don't, because you're spending time, you know, relanding the jet every six months or so, retraining yourself, freaking out your passengers, when you keep on doing that, then you'll never be in control. It goes back to also follow one course until successful, right? Focus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the other core discipline that you guys, a lot of you are confused about. Because again, you're listening to I was about to say fools, but I don't want to sound so harsh. But no, you're listening to fools give you bad advice. People are telling you you're supposed to be doing all these non-productive things simultaneously with hoping and praying that somehow magically you're going to have some sort of consistent financial result. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And most of the things that you guys are attracted to, have you noticed, are the things that require no or low skill and virtually no rejection. So in other words, your ego is telling you, oh, it's, you know, you should be looking for the easy button. Your ego is telling you, oh, avoid rejection at all costs. Your ego is giving you really crappy financial advice. (laughs) You want proof? Okay, here's the proof. How old are you? And are you where you wanted to be financially at this point in your life? Raise your hand if that's if you're exactly on track, everything's just right as rain where you wanted to be financially. Chances are nobody, and there's tens of thousands of you that will eventually listen to this show, have your hands raised. Well, guess what? Your closest financial advisor has been your ego in that... It's not qualified. It's not qualified. That person, that ego needs fired because they're telling you... It's a hack. Do, they're telling you to do the wrong things, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing I know is true, because I've been doing this for so long, is intuitively you know what we're saying is true. Intuitively, you know what Julie and I are telling you when we say in our book, when we say on this podcast, we say in our coaching program, you know what we're telling you is true. And yet, I know that probably maybe 10% of you are actually going to internalize the information we're giving you and do something with the information. I'm not naive to believe that we're going to be able to help all of you or even have any influence on more than maybe, maybe, maybe if I'm lucky, 50% of you. But I do know that only 10% of you are actually going to take it seriously and do something with the information. I can't change that. I can't. Because, you know, ultimately, it all comes back to you and your willingness to set aside your ego and to basically focus on essentially doing the real work of real estate, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Julie, any more points? That's what it gets down to. You just yeah. have to kind of suck it up buttercup a little bit for a while and get the skills going and have a little bit more patience with yourself. Don't give up so quickly. And make sure that you're taking advice from people who have, you know, actually sold real estate instead of people who have pretended to. Of course, they wouldn't teach you to do the work if they've never done it. So it does make a difference in your trajectory. It saves you from having to reland the plane year in and year out and feel like there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, except perhaps you need to work on your skills. The thing is, the faster you get working on that, the shorter you know the path is. If you can drag it out your whole life if you want to, or you can just drill down and say, you know what, this is the year that I'm getting it together. This is the year that I'm going to learn scripts. I'm going to actually pre-qualify Not people. Year. Don't do it well, in a year. Okay, month now, <laughs> right now. Right. But you're going to actually. So many problems I hear about from coaching clients are because they never pre-qualify anybody. Right. They try to. They don't know how to. It's not occurred to them. Nobody has shared a great script with them. They try to close without having 
done a presentation. You know, there's so many, there's only maybe five or six things you've got to really conquer. And we talk about all of them in the Harris Rules book, what to be good at, what to be great at, and your life will change. You'll be at cruising altitude. It's so fun to hear from those clients. You have calls like that all the time too. Not where, all the time. Where, where they're like, I wish I did. Yeah, but, <laughs> Sometimes. but still, we have plenty of calls where they're like, God, I can't, I had a call with an agent last week. She's like, I can't believe how I have basically no overhead. All of this money. And she's having like the biggest quarter ever. Right. She goes, after I pay my taxes, I get to keep all this. I yeah. can't believe it. You know, and she's going to have a really great quarter. So anyway, get cracking, get to work, make, you know, make hay while the sun shines, because now is your time. Education, motivation. Now it's up to you guys to get into action. It all starts yep. on the other side of action. And unfortunately, it's going to start on the, uh, the action that's going to be required. is going to require you doing some uh, ego crushing activities. Um, and you got to do it. You don't really have a choice. You do have a choice. You could be one of the uh, 85% of all agents that fail within a year and a half. There's a stone cold fact that's really depressing if you ask me. So don't join them, right? Decide that you're not. And if all the gimmicks and all the easy buttons and all the teams and the branding and the buying of leads, if that stuff worked, do you really think we'd have that high of a failure rate? Does that even make sense to you guys? This industry would have that kind of a washout rate if all those easy button gimmick things worked? Of course, it makes no sense. And of course, what we're telling you is the truth. It's just up to you whether or not you're willing to listen and do something with the information. So guys, listen, if there's ever anything we can do for you, you can always text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And if you are interested in joining our national real estate team, I'm probably only going to announce this or you know talk about this on this podcast. I probably won't talk about it again for a long time. Just text the word TEAM to 31996. Text the word TEAM to 31996. We're not looking for a whole bunch of agents to join our real estate team. We're only looking for a handful. We are looking for agents in all states. So if that appeals to you, if you want to be part of our relaunch of our real estate team, which is something we've been looking forward to doing, what we could only do through uh, EXP because it's licensed in all 50 states. It's pretty exciting if you ask me. Text the word TEAM to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.